Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Yankees Death Star. Uh, my name is Matt, and I'm here with Dave. Dave, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. I I hate having days off of baseball after they had a, a tease yesterday of that game, um, extra innings, but we've got a lot of baseball stuff to talk about. We've got games that are coming up that we're going to discuss. And we're going to talk about the preview and expectations for this Yankees team in 2021. Matt and I both are very excited, but we're going to break down what we expect from this team. Uh, the second thing we're going to do is we're going to discuss the offseason contracts. We're going to um, discuss who we signed, why we didn't sign certain players, and we're going to get into the nitty gritty of that shit. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about our pre-game. Um, that pre-game is about tomorrow, April 3rd at 7.05 in the morning, my time at 1.05, everybody else's time um, in the East Coast. We're going to talk about uh, what we are expecting from this team, uh, who we saw that played really well that we can expect to play well tomorrow. And last but not least, we're going to cover the injury report. We did not cover it last um, episode, and we told you we would. So we have that all ready to go and pulled up, and we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty of this a Yankees podcast. All right, sounds good. Uh, first, we'll just mention briefly what happened yesterday. Opening day um, at home against the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, also an afternoon game. We lost it and went to uh, extra innings in our first game of the season. Uh, they won it in the 10th, 3-2. Cole made his first start this year, and uh, he had a really good outing. Um, wasn't perfect. Let a couple hits um, stack together in the early inning and for uh, for a run. And then had a uh, gave up... Uh, he threw a slider that um, didn't really didn't really slide, hung out over the plate, and Teoscar Hernandez crushed it. He said after the game that he really wished he had that back, but um, he and Gary Sanchez both agreed that, it, that he thought he looked pretty solid. Um, he just needs to eliminate the errors. We had, uh, as far as our offense, we had nine at-bats with runners in scoring position and didn't get a single hit. So... More often than not, with this team, um, we should be able to get better, do better than that, uh, 0 for 9, and that would have made the difference because it was 2 to 2 going into the going into the 10th. So, man, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> this is this is just one of those games where we weren't able to capitalize when runners were in um, scoring position. And man, we had it perfect. We had who we wanted up at the plate at the end of the game to make the hits. And it just did not go our way. And there is not a damn thing that we can do about it except for get ready for the next game. Let me go ahead and throw this out here. I feel like this is not giving um, Nelson enough credit uh, for the way that he pitched yesterday. He got the loss because of one pitch that he pitched and it was hit over Aaron Judge's head. Um, again, that is a play that Aaron Judge will make nine times out of ten during the season. Uh, that was just unfortunate the way it went. But Nelson did get the loss. Uh he just played unbelievable. He pitched amazing. He had three strikeouts. 
Uh, he settled down after giving up that, and that is a big thing for a young player to be able to do. Um, yeah. You just gave up. You just gave up the go-ahead run, and he was able to sit back. And he had a guy on second, and he was able to do the things that he needed to do to get out of that inning without get, um, creating any more damage. That is something that we have to look and admire and get excited about for this future. That's right. At this point in his career, he's really not faced um, much in the way of clutch time uh, being called upon in the clutch. So it was good to see him there. Uh, he let ju- he let uh, whoever it was get good contact, went over Judge's head. Um, that was, if you want to call out a mistake, that was his only mistake. He was pretty much perfect other than that. So I'm excited to see what he's got uh, for us coming up in the future. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Nelson is exciting for the future. Torres is exciting for the future. And the person that I felt like had the player of the game yesterday was our... Our guy that stands right behind the plate and catches the ball for our our pitchers. Man, I was so excited to see him in the lineup with Cole, catching for Cole. It's telling me that they're going to do whatever it takes for these guys to mesh. Last year, I felt like it was a shortened season, and they didn't have an opportunity to mesh like they needed to. But, man, Sanchez is playing unbelievable. I, I absolutely was you know in love with the way that he was hitting the ball. He had a single yesterday uh, late in the innings. He had a home run, a two-run home run to tie the game, and then he got walked. And and the thing about this is that, like, when he got up there and he got that hit, he was substitute for Talkman. And, man, it was crazy because Talkman went in there and got two stolen bases right off the bat, and then Higgy came in and finished the game catching. And Higgy called a great game after that substitute was ha- um, that happened. It is amazing to be able to have a bench player like Higgy coming off your bench that your pitchers and your um, and your relief pitchers are incredibly um, comfortable with him. This was a great game by really you know Sanchez, Talkman, Higgy, and uh, Nelson. Even though that you know he gave up the winning run, but that is okay. That's not something that we're gonna look back at and be like, okay, shame on you. He got put in the situation. He excelled, and that is to me something that we have to circle and get excited about. That's right. As far as losses go, this was a pretty good game. So. We'll take it if we must accept a loss. At least we got a lot of good things to look for. So, yeah, man, absolutely. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about uh, the off-season signees and the off-season contracts that we had. Uh, we've done this year. Um, you know, there's a bit, there was a bunch of them. There was a couple guys that we made a decision not to go ahead and sign. Um, you know, I totally understand that everybody has their own reasons for doing things. But there are some questionable stuff, especially if our our bullpen has troubles late in game. Uh, we let somebody go that was pretty uh, a pretty big arm. Matt, what do you think? Um, yeah. Well, we hit, which one are you talking about? We had a uh, Otto. Otto, yeah, that's what I figured. Um, I, I I really like Canely, but he was injured, so that was a little different scenario. But Otto looks like he might get a, a shot to be the closer in Boston. Um, I I would have loved to keep him because I really he had some electric stuff. Um. He, he had a really good, incredible, really, first year with us in 2019. Um, he, he appeared in uh, 73 games and had a 1.9 ERA, uh, which is just, it's, that's very impressive. Uh, he has an, one of the nastiest sliders in the game when it's on, basically, basically uh, corkscrews, and it, it's almost impossible to hit. Uh, last year, he didn't look so solid. He didn't look confident in his stuff. Um, so that seemed like probably the reason why the Yankees decided to part ways. 
maybe they didn't think he was, um, it had to do with, you know, being in New York and have that kind of pressure. Although Boston's not going to be much different. So wish him the best unless they play us. Man, I, I hope we bomb him a bunch. I hope we get an opportunity to do that. <clears throat> but I feel like when we lost um, Otto, we signed a really good replacement. We got to see him pitch last night. I'm talking about O'Day. Um, he's a veteran leader. He's somebody that's going to stabilize that locker room in the um, bullpen. I, I, I just am very excited about O'Day. To me, he's a, a perfect uh, person that we signed that really has been um, exceptional for, for quite a while in the, um, the major leagues. So um, he has a unique release. To me, it's something that makes it a little bit more difficult, especially with all the arms. We have so many guys that have very, very unique releases. Um, it's just fun. It's fun to watch. And I'm definitely excited about O'Day coming in and helping our bullpen out. Yeah, we're, we're going to be a little little uh, sparse as far as bullpen arms until uh, Britain comes back. And let's hope we don't have any more injuries. O'Day uh, is a good signing, but he's kind of got to uh, replace both Adam Ottavino and Canely, who we lost. Um, Canely went down before the year was over uh, with a, an injury. He had Tommy John surgery. So uh, I think he went to, uh, I forget where he went, but whoever, it was like $5 million for two years, which is basically $5 million for one year because he's not going to play this year. So I'm okay with the decision to let him go. Um, Maybe we'll get him back in a couple years. That'd be cool. He was a great clubhouse guy, had a ton of energy and had, had some electric stuff. Absolutely. And also, let's go ahead and talk about another pitch that we brought in. Uh, Corey Kluber, uh, we brought him in on a one-year deal. Uh, to me, this is a huge deal for us. Uh, we need somebody that needs to prove himself. Uh, Corey is one of those guys that, like you have mentioned, he's won two Cy Youngs. He's just a phenomenal player and somebody that I think that we could definitely utilize uh, coming off of that second or third starter like we are right now. Uh, he's going to be have some nasty stuff this year. That's right. We had um, We had three starters. Um, from last year that aren't back with us. Uh, James Paxton, Jay Happ, and Masahiro Tanaka will all not be back. Uh, Tanaka, I believe, is going back to Japan to play there. Um, and I wish him the best, definitely. It was sad that we didn't re-sign him because he's, he's always been a big favorite of Yankee fans. Um, always had the best attitude. Um, his, his statistics weren't... Uh, eye-popping for the regular season usually but when it came to the postseason he was pretty darn reliable um so i wish him the best uh jay hap uh i don't think anybody's really sad to see him go um he he actually had a really good start when we first got him from toronto uh the the end of the year that um we acquired him in 2018 he Went seven and zero for us with a in eleven starts with a two six nine ERA, um, <clears throat> but then uh, just the next year his his ERA went up to almost five, so that's a big difference that he wasn't the guy we were hoping we would get, um, and the biggest thing we couldn't rely on rely on him in the postseason. He had um, five different postseason outings with the Yankees and he never made it out of the third inning. He pitched two, one, point two, two, two and a two and two thirds. So um, they decided that wasn't the kind of production they cared about bringing back. So 
Um, he had a kind of a similar story to Paxton. Paxton had, although Paxton, uh, the hopes for Paxton were were higher than perhaps because he has when he's really on his stuff is 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 really really good. He was really good in Seattle. They didn't want to have to pay him, um, and he had a, he had a good first year for us. Got 15 wins, um, uh, 3.8 ERA, uh, but then last year he only only uh, managed to pitch 20 innings total had some injury issues and allowed 15 runs in those innings so kind of kind of the same as hap but um it begs the question who is going to take um all those starts because we need we need starters and kluber is of course one of those guys um louis severino is not going to be back for a while so tyon that's the guy yeah 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 tyon yeah, there you go. That's the one I didn't have him written down. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I'm so excited about this guy because if he comes out ready to pitch, he's had a year off, um, really a year and a half off. If he comes out ready to pitch, this is going to be an electrifying starting rotation. Um, you know, when Sevy comes back, man, it's going to be sick. I mean, it's uh, literally we could have six guys deep at that point if we have all the guys playing well. And, man, having Sevy come in as the third or even fourth starter – there's no better person in the league for that. So um, this is exciting. This is crazy. Like l- listening to all these guys that we've signed, um, I feel like this is one of the better jobs that we've done in the offseason. Um, we didn't spend, I mean, we spent a lot of money, but we didn't spend, you know, this insane amount of money. DJ LeMahieu got on a six-year contract. That is big because obviously we know what he can do at, you know, um, prolonged time. Um, we also were able to pick up... Um, Oh yeah, Kyle Holder. You remember Kyle Holder from last year? Uh, the yeah. Rule Five Draft. We had uh, we had Kyle Hord, uh, Holder that was taken away from us from Cincinnati. That's right. Yeah, and both Matt and I were like, "What the hell? Why would they do this?" And he was just returned to us because he was not able to stay on the roster for an um, entire year. So that is big for us to be able to have Kyle Holder back. He's a he's an infield guy, and I think he'll be able to be uh, somebody that can definitely come in in the next you know year and a half and be able to. Um, you know, create some problems for the other teams. So that was a big one right there. Absolutely. Um, I like what we've got. We uh, we just need to stay healthy, which is kind of the key, kind of the key every year. Um, and uh, another guy I'd like to mention, Brett Gardner. He isn't uh, he isn't making anybody uh, lose their minds over uh, his performance, but he's been really solid for a really long time. Um, he's, he's been with the Yankees for over a decade now. Um, he's one of the most reliable guys I've ever seen on the field. Um, never misses long periods of time. Um, I think he's played in more games in the last decade than any other Yankee. Um, he never seems to, uh, you know, every year for the past five years, people think he's, he's old and he's washed and, we don't need to keep him around anymore, but uh, every year he, he steps up and is the utility guy that we need him to be and that fourth outfielder. So happy to have him back, and he's only making $2.5 a, a year for the next two years. So, Yeah, and, and I think that Brett wants to stay around until we can win a championship. Um, he is a loyal Yankee guy. Um, I, I know we've talked about him being retired, his number being retired. We don't necessarily think that's going to happen with the Yankees, but... If he is able to pick up a second or even a third championship with them, then anything is possible. Uh, 
I, I always look at um, the type of player that uh, uh, Gardner is. Is He's one of those guys that um, late in the season, when we need a bat, you better believe Boone's going to be calling on him, saying, come on, Guardy, let's get out there and get us a hit. And here's the thing about it. If we get into a late-inning game where it is tied and it's in the bottom of the ninth and Gardner is yet to bat, I bet you money he goes up to bat and he hits a home run to win. And just saying this in any way possible is Gardner is one of those guys that uh, he reminds me of Boone when Boone was playing for the Yankees. He reminds me of Cecil, um, Cecil Fielder. He um, or Cecil Fielder. He reminds me of all these guys that we've had in the past that are the veterans that come up and know how to hit the ball and hit a huge hit uh, when when it is needed. And I guarantee you, in the playoffs, Brett is going to make some of the greatest, biggest hits in the last decade for the Yankees. I agree. Um, the man never loses his nerve, no matter how what other talent you've got on the on the field with Judge or. Um, Giancarlo, Gary, Torres. Um, I, you know, Gardner is not uh, is not really a worse option than any of those guys. His regular season numbers aren't going to be um, be off the charts. Um, he's going to not play. There's a lot of games that he won't play. Um, but when it comes down to it, uh, he's going to keep doing what he's been doing, uh, no matter the situation, and and not lose his nerve. And he's a good influence to have on the young guys. A calming effect on everybody. Sort of. Unless he's uh, hitting the roof of the dugout with his baseball bat. No, dude. Then it's that was great. Calming, but that's, a, that's what we need. <laughs> I, I swear, when he started doing that, I had to rewind it and push play like 16 times. Yeah. Because all I could hear was like, do, do. I was like, what the hell is going on in that dugout? And then that I saw Garner just pounding it. And then they showed it the, you know, on a uh, one of the Yankees uh, Twitter accounts. They showed where Garner was hitting it. Oh my gosh! I just that that was so great. Uh, to and me, I laughed so their, hard that turned into their motion that they did to the dugout <laughs> when they when they made a good play or got on base or whatever. They would pretend they they had Dude. an invisible bat they were banging. You think about this, though, right? Cashman calling this team um, a fully functioning Death Star, right? You have Boone saying that his players are savages in the box. You have Gardner doing that um, that stuff. Man, this team is just fun. Like, There's no way you can say anything else except for the way that people explain this team, the way the coaches explain it, the way the manager, the way the GM, um, even the players, the way they exp- um, explain games. Like, I, I don't know any manager that would have let Boone do or not let uh, Gardner do that except for Boone and Boone was sitting there laughing. So to me like this is exactly what's so great about this team is that they're allowed to express their personalities minus minus the uh, um, Frazier who's not allowed to keep his hair long, which I know bothers him because he loves his red hair. Uh, but I just love the way that this team functions and they're just fl- flow together. They have a lot of fun. I know he's just staring at the back of Cole's head when he's on the mound out there in left field. Like, what the hell? How does he like, get to have longer hair? Longer than they <laughs> let me do my hair. Yeah. Well, if you get paid three hundred and something million dollars, then I guess you get to make up what you want to do. So. Exactly. They have him cut it, trim it, just to uh, indicate that he's conforming to the Yankee way, but not really. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and talk about uh, the updated Yankees injury list. Uh, we've got three updates on this one. 
Um, let's go ahead and start with um, the first 10-day one, which Matt uh, really called out on Twitter. Uh, he does not like this idea of Luke Vogt being on a 10-day IL, but why is he still on crutches? So that is a good question. Uh, I don't know why, what's going on with that, but I do think if, if you have a 60-day or 60 IL um, injury list or whatever, what's going to happen is is that you cannot come back before 60 days. Is that what I've um, um, heard? Yeah. So the reason that they put a 10-day um, IL is because they can extend the 10-day after 10 days, and that way he can come back when he's ready instead of um, getting that. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, it, it allows them the flexibility to do that. And I'm not sure really. I think if you the advantage to, to putting them on a longer list is – that I think you can bring somebody up um, and keep him on the active roster and then add a person. There's some something like that where they let you, you know, compensate for having a guy out for that long. But as long as that's not necessary, then it makes sense just to take it as it as it goes and, and track his progress and see how long. Because yeah. you'd hate for him to, to be great and then be sidelined for another week or two healthy. So you're, this you're removes abs- that risk. And you're right, man, because this is something we have to keep an eye on. Um, the Yankee staffs um, in the past haven't done the best job at keeping their players healthy. No. I think this whole year is going to be focused on that. We've seen it happen in the NBA where they're starting to sit guys that have you know minor bruises and different things like that. They're doing that to protect the players. Um, it's something that I love to see. I call it the um, revolution of taking care of your players, even though... You know, the, I mean, it's just it's silly to me that you would even push somebody with a hundred million dollar contract. Uh, you need to make sure that if they have to sit five or six games, let's do that. Let them sit five or six games. Which brings me up to the other guy that has on, uh, where I have on the um, 10 day DL. That's Andujar. His hand um, is a little bit messed up right now. Um, but the thing about this one is um, they were able to um, retroactive um, activate it. So basically, um, on March 29th is when he went on to day-to-day, and they actually were able to bump that back. Um, starting on March 29th uh, is when his 10-day IL stint um, starts, So, um, meaning that he could be back sooner than originally thought, which is great for us to see that. And then the last guy, and, and honestly at third base, Andujar is probably the better bat than Urshela on a consistent basis. Then that's saying something because Urshela is batting 314, um, you know, in the last couple of years or last year, it, you know, this is something that we have well, to circle. Urshela, I mean, Andujar, I would say, has a, a better potential bat. But uh, as far as what they've actually been able to do on the field consistently, I'd have to go with Urshela. But Andujar definitely has has the tools to be a much better, more dangerous hitter than Urshela. Yeah, and it's it's something it's, it's frustrating. When we saw him play in the short stint that he did last year, um, you know, especially with a hurt shoulder. Uh, and even the year before in 2019 when we watched him play, uh, he struggled at moments uh, on defense, and that is something that's painful to watch. Um, you know, Matt and I believe in consistency and, and seeing a player that is m- trying to make money at third base and that can swing the bat amazing, that can't play defense for the life of him, that's not good. You saw a lot of teams that were targeting him. It will be interesting to see what happens um, with that. I think he'll be all right. I think he'll get his swing back. I think he'll get his uh, defense back. Um, he just has to recognize that he has to chill out, take a deep breath. You're in New York. People are going to um, talk shit about you. That's just the way things go, and you just got to move on. If you can move on, then you get to stay in New York. If you can't, then I'm sure they'll find a trade partner for him. 
Yeah, I've heard good things and seen uh, good progression from him uh, playing defense at third. They've given him reps. I think they've given him some outfield reps too, just in case he never, you know, develops that defensive ability for, uh, you know, to be able to be in the infield. Because for a while, he was basically all the great things we say about Urshela snagging everything that goes in his direction. He was basically the opposite. He was. He misread everything. It went under his legs all the time. He he threw it just wild once he got it. But um, he seems to have corrected a lot of that. And um, you're right, his bat is extremely dangerous. If he can develop in the field and develop some more consistency at the plate, he could be an incredibly dangerous weapon. And and let's just not take anything away from Urshela. If Urshela can bat 300 and play the defense that he does, I'd say he's a top five third baseman in the league. Um, it's just the way it is. I'm very high on Urshela. I'm very high on his potential, and I'm going to continue to talk very high about him. But with that being said, Andujar's bat is exciting. It's something that we watched in the minors. Um, Urshela did not play for us in the minors. Uh, He came over and pretty much started playing right away at third base um, due to injuries. So this is something we're going to definitely keep a very close eye on on this and this brings us to our last pitcher that we brought up, Matt brought up earlier today, talking about um, Zach Britton. Uh, he is on the 60-day DL. This is something that's hard to watch. Um, he is definitely a calming presence. The way that he goes out there, um, I, I, I somebody said something about a robot, and I don't know which player we're talking about, about being a robot, uh, but Zach Britton, the way he has that, uh, you know, his, his um, I, call it, I call it a bitch face, on the mound, but like he has this this you know calm demeanor that's constant. Once in a while, you'll see him get rallied up or hit his um, um, glove against his thigh and different things like that. But typically, there's no emotion from Britain, and I love seeing that, especially because the person that follows Britain is Chapman, who shows every single emotion that he even like is thinking in his mind. And I love right. the contrast that we have between those two guys. Yeah, absolutely. That it for the injury report. Let's hope. Yeah, and that is it for the uh, um, injury report. So let's go ahead and move on to uh, pregame tomorrow, man. You know, here's the thing about it. Uh, this, to me, is exciting. This is exactly the place that we need to be in. I know we've lost our last game, but this Toronto team is for real. This is not a, uh, a joke team, and it's something that we have to consider uh, that we're going to see them possibly in the playoffs this year. Um, and if that's the case, we need to be able to get en- enough film on them that we can actually get out there and just start destroying them. Because this Yankees team, they're exciting, but the Blue Jays are just as young and just as exciting as we are, I feel like. That's right. Um, I'm guessing they're going to be the toughest competition for us for the division in the AL East. Um, even though the Rays are coming off uh, World Series, victory um they are losing Blake Snell and they're losing or they lost Snell and Charlie Morton who were who were big parts of that rotation um so they uh, I believe they'll have a little bit of a step back I doubt they'll repeat but you never know they uh this seemed to always do a lot with a little but Toronto Toronto is uh is is yeah they're similar to us um, a lot of really young guys kind of put it together to be well balanced with with the uh, rotation, the relievers, and and that lineup's really good. The uh, Red Sox, I think, are 
kind of rebuilding, so I'm not worried about them this year. So I think it probably, if I had to guess, I'd say the the Yankees will win the division, but the Jays close behind. I and I agree with that. Uh, Jays have done a great job this year at putting this team together, um, but the Yankees are are built for a championship. This is a championship caliber team if we can stay uh, semi healthy throughout the year. Um, I don't I don't think there'll be any other teams that'll be able to stay up with us, but the Blue Jays will definitely have an opportunity to do that. You know, let's talk about our pitchers tomorrow. Um, we've got uh, Ross Stripling that is uh, pitching for the Blue Jays. Uh, this is kind of a contrast that I want to bring up, and I, I'm kind of interested in, in talking about this, is because we only have two players that haven't ever um, fla- faced Stripling. Um, everybody else has had multiple, multiple bats, um, at-bats with against Stripling. Uh, so what, that's really great to see. On the contrast, Corey Kluber, um, this young um, team for um, Toronto, this is exactly what I was talking about. They have one player on their roster that has ever um, pitched or uh, batted against Kluber, only one. Uh, that is, um, I want to call him Seaman, uh, uh, Marcus Seaman, but I know it's not Seaman. I know it. I know it's Simeon. But I, I like to poke fun at the other players a little bit when I can. So we'll say uh, uh, Marcus uh, Seaman, uh, he has had nine bats against Kluber, and uh, he has not had a hit. So this is going right. to be fun to watch. Let's make it double digits. Yes, yes. All right. Yeah, so rem- Remember this Jays team that we lost to and is really solid. Um, the team we saw on the field yesterday, and I'm sure will tomorrow, um, they haven't yeah, their their big offseason acquisition has yet to be with the team. George Springer, they signed to a big contract, got him away from the Astros, and he is gonna he started the season on the injured list. So I'm I don't remember how long he'll be out, but um that's definitely gonna have an impact when he comes back, added to what they already have. Man, you're absolutely right. Springer is good. Um, you know, I hated seeing him uh bat for Houston, but I'm going to hate him um, batting for Toronto so much more. Um, I, you know, I'll deal with it, though. I can deal with my hate. Um, you know, George Springer right now is on the 10-day IL. Um, okay. He's recovering well from a grade 2 oblique strain um, and has a chance to return from the injured list um, when first eligible Thursday. So um, that should be coming up here in the next... Um, five days, uh, yeah. six days, he'll be able to be free. They're saying he's going to be all right. So, okay. again, this this team isn't yet being done for, being formed, but it will be interesting to see if Springer can hit without any um, um, trash cans to bang. Exactly. And back to the game tomorrow. Is there any player on either team in particular that's standing out to you who you expect to see something from? Yeah, man. Let's go with two players from the Yankees, and then I'll take uh, one player uh, from uh, Toronto here. The two players from the Yankees I want to point out is Stanton is going to have a big game tomorrow. Um, he's batting 500 against uh, uh, Stripling, and to me that's something that's to keep an eye on. And the other person that I feel like has to have a breakout, well, has to, but we'll see if he does, DJ LeMahieu. I know he uh, takes a lot of blame for that loss uh, he had a couple times where running, runners were in scoring position when he was at the plate. And one time he got walked, and the other time he got uh, a double play. So I know he, he's not um, very happy with himself. 
Um, so and he's seen and he's seen Stripling 16 times. So he he knows what he's expected to see out there. So I'm taking Stanton and DJ. I know those picks aren't sexy or you know surprise for anybody, uh, but those who I'm taking, who are you taking, Matt? Um, well, I had DJ also for sure. I think that um, I mean he'll be the first guy we get to see, and um, he he just signed a nice big contract with us in the off season. He's committed. Um, he's gonna be here for six years. Six years, he's been an MVP candidate each of the first two years he's been with us. Um, I think he finished fourth and then third in the MVP voting. Um, so, yeah, definitely after the game yesterday, I expect him to uh, to come back and, with a different approach and uh, or probably with the same approach. He's just going to hit this time. Nice, man. I like that. I like that. All right, and from Toronto, I am looking at um, Hernandez, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one and a half guys that I think are going to do well. I think Hernandez is going to have a couple innings that are going to do really, really well. Um, but BGO is going to come out. I'm excited about BGO. I've, I watched his dad play. Uh, I was a big fan of him when I was growing up. So, uh, of course I'm going to be a big fan of his son. Uh, this is exciting. This young man is, is something special. I know they've got a, a bunch of other young, um, studs on that team. Uh, but right now it's BGO's year, in my opinion. That would be exciting to see. I like uh, I like his skill set, even though his dad was a an Astro. <laughs> oh, well, you took my uh, you took DJ. Who else did I have? Um, well, I'm not sure that he's gonna have a big game statistic wise, but I did have Gary's name written down. Um, the team opted not to go after JT Real Muto in the off season. And that was a big deal because he's maybe the best catcher in baseball and he was available and there had been talk before about us maybe acquiring him in the last couple of years from Miami when he was there. Um, and, and I don't think they even expressed any interest in going to get him. And if they were really concerned about the catcher position, they, I feel like they would have made a play for him. Maybe they just thought he was out of their price range, but I feel like they had to have some confidence in Gary to uh, to pick it up this year. And so basically I'm just looking for, I want to see, even if he doesn't get a hit, I don't really care. I just want to see how he puts together his plate appearances, um, how he's looking at the ball, um, his swing, uh, how confident he looks, that kind of thing. Because that'll give me a little bit more of an idea of uh where he's at man that's a great one uh I, I love to watch sanchez in the box i love to watch him how he's dissecting uh uh you know the pitches uh i love his stance i love the fact that the uh, bat is uh, off his his shoulders right now i like the improvement that he's made um these are all great things that i i feel like are really going to benefit him uh you know there was a couple times that um you know, there's a couple times last year that I was watching the way that he was batting, and he just looked lost. I mean, he looked not only lost a little bit, it was it was something that was concerning. And again, I thought that uh, the Yankees were going to go out and get a uh, JT. Uh, I felt like he was a good price for the, the type of player he is. But man, after they you know they just waited on it and they let other teams go and, and go get him, I I just sat on back and I and I 
started dissecting Gary's game again because I wanted to understand exactly why the Yankees were going to keep Gary um, and not go after um, you know Real Realmado. But the reality is, is that after doing that, I just fell back in love with Gary. I felt like he is one of those players that is a massive difference maker. Um, his upsides, uh, you know, to me is if you watch him during games, he looks like he's a closed off individual, like he's not very open to criticism. Mm-hmm. But that's where I feel like I was wrong at and, and saying that and even thinking that is because I've been able to watch him play and, and recognize that that he changes batting stance. He changed the way he swings the bat. He changes uh, the way he throws the ball um, behind the plate and trying to catch second baseman. Like he's dropped 40 pounds, like 30 pounds. Like he has done all these great things. Why? Because the coaching staff finally broke through to him and he's listening. So this is big. This is a huge moment for Gary Sanchez. And I feel like this is going to be something that we're going to watch this year as this man proves to everybody else that he is a top catcher in baseball. Yes, that'd be awesome. Um, the guy I'm probably the guy I'm most excited to watch would be our starting pitcher, Corey Kluber. I'm excited to see him in that Yankee uniform on the mound. Um, if I mean, if you haven't been paying attention to baseball for that long, you might not be too familiar with him because um, the last couple of years hasn't he's been injured and hasn't really done anything but um up until um in the five years prior to the 2019 season where he started getting injured um over that five-year span he averaged 32 starts 183 games um pitched over 200 200 innings in all five years um, had a 3.16 ERA, 17 complete games, seven of those were shutouts. And then his, uh, his two, his two Cy Young and his, uh, what is that? Yeah, his two Cy Young awards and three, uh, three all-star appearances attest to that. But he's, he's really good and he, he's not somebody that relies too much on power, so, that's something that normally takes a little bit to to bring back after you've been injured but he he gets most of his effectiveness from his pitch movement and selection um so i'm optimistic um he's only 33 years old he hasn't you know he hasn't had to play a lot the last couple years so i'm hoping that he's energized finally feeling healthy and comes out and uh is the Corey Kluber we saw before he started getting injured man I hope so too because here's the thing we need to keep an eye on his commands that is something that he has always taken a lot of pride in is the way that he is able to throw the pitch the movements on it and the command exactly where it needs to go watch Gary Sanchez's glove behind the plate uh, you, if it's moving a lot after the pitch has been pitched, uh, you know something is wrong there. The connection isn't right. It could be Higgy um, catching too. We don't know that yet. Um, but the reality is, is that that ball coming down, you need to keep a very, very close eye on how Kluber is able to communicate with our catcher because that is such a huge part of the game and understanding if this guy is going to work out with his team. I think he will. I think he's going to be a massive piece and I think it's going to be exciting to watch Corey Kluber 
just destroy other teams. And to me, I think we got Corey Kluber of the past. He is in shape. He looks like he's fit. Uh, he doesn't look like he has any chunky um, stuff going on there. And that's something that I noticed with him last year with the Rangers. Uh, I wouldn't call him fat or even chunky in any sorts of imagination, but you could tell he had extra fluff um, hanging off there um, with the Rangers. So he is back in shape and back and ready to go. I really hope he can get 30 starts. And if he can, that means he's effective and that means he's doing well. Absolutely. I'm excited to see. Um, so who you got winning the game tomorrow? I'm going to have the Yankees win 5 to 1. 5 to 1. Um I'm going to go uh also Yankees. I think it'll be closer. Let's call it uh 4 to 3. 4 to 3. Nice, nice. Getting the, getting runs in the game. I like it. I absolutely love it. All right. Well, I just wanted to thank everybody to for listening to another episode of the Yankees Death Star. Uh this is a, a passion project for Matt and I. Uh, we come here every single day to talk about the Yankees. Uh, we do it because we've loved this the Yankees team since we've been little kids. Uh, for me, I remember watching my first Yankees game in the 80s. Uh, it was uh, I was live. I watched Don Mattingly bat. I remember falling in love. Uh, the second I uh, had a chance to go to that old Yankee stadium, um, again, I was able to go to uh, the new Yankee Stadium as well a couple years back when I lived in New York. Uh, my wife uh, was up at West Point. We had a lot of fun doing uh, living there in New York, and to me, this is one of those opportunities that when Matt and I started talking, and with our uh, uh, brother Mark, he was uh, a part of this as well, uh, we wanted to make sure that we, we did something that was unique, and the way that we're unique is we come at you guys every single day. Uh, we like to make sure that you guys know all the happening with inside the organization, we want to make sure you guys know everything that's happening uh, with the schedule, the scores, and everything else in between. So that is why we are committed and dedicated to you guys. As am I. I'm excited. This has been uh, fun so far, just in this short period of time. Um, I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to be here for this Yankee season. And doing this is just another reason for me to uh to dig and find as much information out as i can um um and get you know get really deep into it i'm excited about learning more about the team and learning more about baseball um because i don't know everything that's for sure yeah and and i don't either we're not experts so if you come at us acting like we're experts we'll take that as a compliment but reality is we're just super fans at um, have lived all over the world and followed the Yankees wherever we've been at. And to me, that's why it's so great to be a Yankees fan is because everywhere you go, you meet other brothers and sisters that are Yankees fans, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's that brotherhood. Everybody has those Yankees hats on. Uh, and it's, right. to me, it's, it's you know, I live here in Hawaii and it's something I see people with Yankees hats on. Immediately I yell at it, go Yankees! You know, like to me, like this is... This is what it's all about. And I've been fortunate enough to live in New York for multiple years. Uh, I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. So I, I had an opportunity to be around Yankees baseball uh, since I was very, very young. And, you know, Matt has the same way. Matt grew up in uh, New York as well. Uh, he has spent a lot of time in New York as a young kid. And because of that, we share this massive, great passion for the Yankees. So thank you so much for listening to the Yankee Death Star. My name is Dave. And I'm Matt. And we will be back tomorrow after the game to talk about the Jays and the Yankees. Just like every day.